1: Hi, this is Stu Hodum with Believe in the Media Guide on the Believe Podcast Network. Do you believe? This week, NBC Sports will present more than 100 hours of the men's U.S. Open golf tournament from the Country Club in Brookline, Massachusetts, across NBC, USA Network, and Peacock, including 40-plus hours of studio coverage with Golf Central live from the U.S. Open on Golf Channel, all starting Monday, June 13th. Following Live Golf's inaugural event, NBC producer Tommy Roy and host Dan Hicks discuss how they plan to cover the U.S. Open in the current context of the golf world.
2: Bottom line is, is uh, no matter what player we end up showing, if they're coming off a significant uh, finishing event the week before, we're going to mention it. Obviously, whoever wins in Canada, we're going to show them. We're going to mention he won in Canada. If uh, we show a live player who won uh, last week, That'll be mentioned that's, you know, that's being journalistically sound and, and we're not going to shy away from something like that, but in, in terms of getting into, you know, fracturing the game of golf and all that, that's, we're not doing that. This is we're this is us open week now, uh, and not talking about that stuff.
0: Yeah. I don't think, I don't, I think you got, you got, there's, there's just one way to cover it. And that's what Tommy said. Journalistically, a guys in contention, you cover him. You mentioned that He's a part of the live tour. You cover that because that's been obviously a gigantic talking point. And then you see where the championship takes you from there. And that's the great thing about live sports. It's unscripted. We don't know what's going to happen. I'm sitting here right now, we can't predict what the field is going to be. If hypothetically, Dustin Johnson is coming down the back nine looking for his third major championship. There might have been things that happened during the week that we'll have to deal with. Maybe it's something that Dustin Johnson added to his um, whole reasoning why he's playing over there, or whatever. But it's a, it's a reactionary type of thing. But in the basic basic journalistic uh, ethics, you just you, you cover the people that are that are playing in the U.S. Open, and you you cover them appropriately depending on where they are on the leaderboard.
1: NBC analysts Paul Azinger, Justin Leonard, and Nota Begay III with host Hicks look forward to one of live Golf's biggest names, Phil Mickelson, being a storyline this weekend.
3: Hey, that's what we watch. (laughs) I think, yeah, (laughs) right, right. We want to see what is going to be the response, because this is a major thing that's going on. It's a major disruption to the sport, and... I don't know how the American golf fan, especially in Boston, there's no telling how that reaction is going to be. I mean, I think it's going to be much anticipated. That's for sure.
4: I think the response will be mostly positive because he has been such a, a fan favorite for so many years. Um, But that Boston crowd, um, they're going to let you know how they feel. I mean, I think every, not every one of them, but a lot of the people in Boston, they like to not only just attend review sports, but they become active participants. And um, I'm sure there will be some participation by the fans in Boston, both positive and negative. Um, You know, I'm really more curious where his game is just because he hasn't played uh, competitively in so long. And, and um you know, U S open test with thick rough. Uh, he's had a lot of success at U S opens. Um, and certainly, um, you know, it would be a remarkable story, uh, if he does get in contention, uh, but it's going to require very sharp skills and, and skills that, um, you know, Phil Mickelson doesn't always, uh, shine with as far as hitting fairways and, and, um, Uh, you know, being extremely strategic in that sense. So I think we're all curious to see both how he plays and how he's received.
0: I think if Phil gets in contention, he will be cheered on uh, very enthusiastically. I think it's just a natural reaction in sport because people obviously know he's been chasing this U.S. Open forever. It's the final piece of a Grand Slam puzzle. It would be an unbelievable story with everything that's happened with him in the last several months. I, I, I think if there was any negative kind of reaction, that would be totally drowned out by people watching what was happening in front of them. So I think it, uh, it's in large part due to how he plays. And let's face it, Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson are the two, you know, two biggest. You never know what they're going to do. Look what Tiger's done, and I would not be surprised if Phil gets there next week and hangs around the, hangs around the leaderboard. He lives for that kind of thing. No pun intended. Um, (laughs) he, he, he lives for next for, for weeks, like next week. He absolutely, that's been his whole, his whole DNA, his entire career. So I wouldn't be surprised. First of all, if he is, and if he is, I think the Boston crowd, and we know, especially now in the NBA finals, you get a feel for, you know how vociferous those guys cheer, the fans cheer. Uh, I, I think they'll, I think they'll be on his side, and it'll be, it'll be something you can't take your eyes off. Of if if he plays well,
5: I think Dan brings up a great point. I mean, you know, we've had athletes throughout history, you know, end up in jail and uh, you know do things that were extremely controversial. But if they had success in their respective sport on, on the field. Um, you know, the, the public seems to be very forgiving with regard to that. I mean, look at Tiger Woods struggles off the golf courses a number of times and, um, you know, all was you know, seemed to be forgotten when he became, uh, you know, the, the master champion back in 2019. Um, but I think this is a slightly different take on the whole thing. You know, those were personal choices that athletes made that had an adverse effect on their lives. You know, Phil's choices have kind of fractured the locker room, so to speak, and lend itself to sort of more deeper ethical thought around, you know, how athletes do utilize their time to support, you know, various types of initiatives related to um, the promotion of different ventures that have ties to things that, you know, not everybody agrees um, should be promoted. And so, uh, you know, that's the first thing to overcome is, you know, there, there are going to be people in the locker room that don't agree uh wholeheartedly with you know what is happening now um with with the Saudi or the or the live Tour. Um and, and also, you know, Phil's always been you know one of the, the favorites amongst um spectators. And you know, he feeds off of that energy. Um and that might not be the case starting out. Now I agree with Dan if he does get in contention Saturday, Sunday, then I think that'll all shift back towards behind phil but initially starting not not everybody there is going to be 100 percent supportive and uh, and as justin stated uh they will speak their mind and it's just sort of going to depend on whether phil can sort of fight through all that and let his game do the talking and the fact that he's been on the shelf for the better part of the, the beginning of this whole year I, I don't i just don't see that happening
3: I predict that if Phil's missing the cut that like on Friday afternoon or something, it could get pretty rough on them though. Um, I just think, you know, this is a big step. These guys have made, they've changed the game forever, probably. And, uh, but I agree. He is so popular. No, you're right. And people do forgive. And, uh, Dan, if this is, if, if it's Phil Mickelson, I've always loved Phil Mickelson. He's always been great to my kids. And, uh, will Always appreciate him for that. I don't necessarily agree with everything he's ever done, that's for sure, or said. But uh, if he does get in contention, it would be a miracle, I really think. A minor miracle that that guy could get in contention with all that's been going on. But we'll cover it fairly, I'll tell you that.
1: Producer Roy reiterates his plan to cover all the golfers in the event and his desire to tell stories.
2: It's a real honor to uh, to televise the, the U.S. Open and to do it with our great team, my goal was to give the viewers the best seat in the house, as if they were right there on the tees, the fairways, and the greens themselves, experiencing the pressure of this cauldron and the ultimate reward for one player at the end. Uh, to do this, uh, we'll, we'll do it through a robust technical facility setup, but uh, never losing sight of the fact that this golf more, this golf event more than any other requires storytelling, as it is an open uh, with many unknown qualifiers in the field and, uh, and they're each having their own special story. Uh, I still believe that every player who has earned the right to play in this field uh, deserves the right to be shown on, on TV. Uh, so we'll do our very best to get all 156 players uh, in the field, on the air, and yes, that includes the lived players. Um, and uh, what a venue, uh, and it's tied to the history of our game, uh, and we'll be all over that, I can assure you. Uh, and being in one of America's great cities.
1: How does Roy achieve his goal of telling everyone's story shot by shot?
2: Yeah, we do uh, check off the names. And uh, and by the way, it starts with Brant Packer, who's producing uh, the mm. four names uh, each day. You know, he's keeping track of it as well. So, um, uh, but yeah, it's it's trying to get as many of them in as possible. Uh, and then some of them slip through the cracks, and then we're, we're scrambling, <laughs> trying to find them and get them on the air in some sort of a meaningful way. Uh, 'cause it, you know, just showing a shot is you know you can do that, but I want it to be you know a good shot uh you know or some sort of a meaningful shot uh, so that the guy gets a little bit of love on the air.
1: Roy runs through the technical tools to tell the tale of the tournament, but he returns to the importance of storytelling as NBC televises the third major event of the season.
2: We have tracing abilities on all of shots except for uh one and, and 11 and there we have speed shots uh, for that opening shot and particularly the 11th the, the short par 3 that falls off on all sides uh that's a much better way to to cover that shot but bunker cams at 5 and 16 uh, 130 foot wire cam behind the 18th green scorpion crane you can see 15 16 17 18. Uh, the front of the eighth green sl- it slopes way off, and so balls are going to be spinning back. So we've mounted a robo onto a tree to see that. Live drone, airplane, our AOL, whole models, the zero, our virtual graphics. new? The Ross virtual graphics that uh, we used in the Super Bowl and the Olympics. We'll have uh, this U.S. Open. Um, pinpoint wind technology, pinpoint greens technology for to calculate the breaks. Um, we have the 4D uh, replay system at the 12T that has the 88 cameras there, a couple super slow XMO, Exmo, etc., etc. So uh, it's, it, again, uh, lots of technology, but but the key thing that, that we need to pay attention to is the storytelling, which happens to be right in our wheelhouse.
1: Thanks for listening to Believe in the Media Guide. If you enjoy this show, please subscribe and rate the podcast on iTunes, and find us wherever you get podcasts, including Believe.com, That's B-L-E-A-V dot com. I'm on Twitter at Hothem, H-O-T-H-E-M, as in Mary. Stay tuned and stay safe.
0: For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early,